welcome to AVL Minutes, where we talk about some technical tips, industry news, some of our road stories and experiences. My name is Peyton Graham, one of the owners here at Asteria Controls, and with me today, as always, is my esteemed technician and live streaming expert, Jordan Newman. Jordan, welcome back once again. Thank you. Episode six, here we go. Yep, episode six. Just a, a little housekeeping thing. We are now on Apple Podcasts, and this episode should drop on Apple Podcasts, along with all the previous ones. So, we don't have a soundboard, so I just did it. Thank you. Myself. I appreciate yep. that. Yeah. Um, we Should we get a soundboard? That would be pretty sick. And then mm. we could have a little button that goes... Yeah, look into when that. We, when we announce something big, like, hey, we're on Apple Podcasts. It's perfect. It's, it's everything I've always wanted. <laughs> Yeah. Hopefully there's more sound effects than just that one because uh, <laughs> no, we only need the one. Okay, good. I mean like we can be like, yeah, so this day we got in a car accident on the way to a job. It's it's once again everything I've always wanted. <laughs> Which isn't true, that didn't happen. I just made that up for the joke. But thanks for speaking it out into existence. Oh no, you're right. <laughs> We're gonna be taking helicopter to every job. <laughs> we can't risk a car accident now. I'll put that. I'll just put that into the budget for each. each yeah. <laughs> so just in case, in the event we drive to this job and get in a wreck, here's five thousand dollars just in case. Yeah, we need to fly in. Although we don't want to run the risk of a Kobe Bryant, so we're just gonna. Uh... <laughs> No. <laughs> too soon. Too oh, soon. Yeah. Well, no, I think it's it's time. <laughs> it's, yeah, no, we're good. <laughs> it's been what, a year and a half? Yeah, we're good. I think Kobe's okay with it. Yeah. He's looking down saying, you know what? I feel that. <laughs> He's like, I should have taken a car that day. <laughs> Where's my private All jet? Right. Yeah. All right, it's but enough about episode. that. Enough about yeah. that. We're not going to just tank this episode in the first five minutes. No, I think we're doing great. Okay, good. So this episode is just the start of a three-part series, possibly four-part if we go long-winded, on lighting. And today we're going to be talking about um, kind of the fundamentals, I guess you could say, like DMX protocol and special effects and the fixtures themselves and LED versus, you know, the older incandescent bulb. Um, so just some basics. Um, and then yeah. after that, we'll get into more like control and software and wireless signals and signal splitting and then um, just go deep essentially. So strap in for a... Uh, a long one, um, but luckily we'll split it, you know, into pieces so that you can not suffer through a four-hour-long conversation. Yeah, I was, I was prepared to suffer. Yeah, no, don't worry. <laughs> don't you worry. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else housekeeping-wise. I thought there was something, but I failed to write it down because that's just an issue with myself and. Uh, it's it's not coming to me, so um, yeah. If it comes up randomly, just expect some random, random uh, squirrel Tidbit. trail. Oh, 
squirrel show. Or what did you say? I said tidbit. Okay. Yeah, tidbit sounds probably better. Mm. Random tidbit. Squirrel trip. We can have a tidbit on a squirrel trip. Oh, okay. Squirrel tidbit? Yeah. <laughs> a squirrel tit. Anyway, sorry. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> so fixtures. There are lots of different types of lighting fixtures. Um, you got park hands. You got moving heads. You got bars, blinders, strobes, uh, Lecos, Fresnels, tons of different kinds. So we're just going to go kind of through... Um, the purpose of each one and what they do, uh, starting with PAR cans. So PAR, for those that are unfamiliar, stands for Parabolic Illuminized Reflector. And most of your modern LED PAR cans, you're looking at just a smaller profile, usually round, but there are also um, box square style PARs. And they get used all over the house for everything from um, backlighting and side lighting and washes and effects, but they generally are providing a smaller splash of light than you would say, um, like a bar or something like that. Their focus is just just smaller, round, and um, multi-use. So you see a lot of park cans. I think from my experience, I feel like park cans are more not necessarily the light that they shine onto things, but also just the look of the light. Like I'm pretty sure they were using park cans at the comedy show that I was at the other day. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't necessarily that it was lighting up the stage that color, but you could see those lights and they were all blue. And it was just the fact that you could see these blue lights. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Oftentimes because they're not like insanely bright. They'll mm -hmm. drop them into like spots where the crowd can see them, and they kind of like add to like the architectural effect yeah. of the yes. uh, stage lighting setup. So yeah, definitely you see that. Uh, you'll even see them placed at like the base of truss or pillars to like add random like lighting aspects to architectural parts of the stage, whether it be like the framing or you know columns or what yep. have you. So. Yeah, big user pars there. Um, they're a great thing to pick up when you're not sure how you plan on using your lighting because you can use them in many ways to great effect. Um, so if you're like traveling or you're mobile, for example, you can just pack a bunch of pars with you and then drop them into where you need them to be. Um, and it's, it's easy. It's easy, low channel count, and um, very useful. On the uh, addition to that, bars or batten lights, they tend to be much longer, um, but they provide a much wider wash. So you see a lot of uh, bars placed on the back walls of stages, just kind of illuminating the entire back and giving you a more spread out wash. Um, we did an installation with some bar lights, also providing a back wash, but we mounted them in a... Uh, a different way than they normally would be you know that was really unique when uh i think that was actually my first i think that was my first job with the company and you know we showed up just you and i and we were like okay we can put it underneath we can shine it up create the wash we can put it above shine it down 
Well, then Andrew came in. He was like, well, why don't we just throw it on these walls over here on the side and we can fill all of them with like one big beam. And I was like, oh, man, this guy's a genius, which was it was really cool. Like we I mean, obviously, we didn't think of that in the 30 minutes that we were there until Andrew got there and threw him up on the wall. And it looked super cool. Like that's one of my favorite projects to this day. And we got some cool pictures of them, too. Yeah. Yeah. That project um yeah shout out to andrew for being the brilliant lighting designer that he is um but what even made it better was the white panels on the back of that wall yes um, contrasted and illuminated to where i had people working at larger churches and projects and things come in and be like are those led panels just because of how Mm. they were being lit up Mm -hmm. um so yeah cool effect don't see it too often and uh Worked out surprisingly well on the budget and size of the project, just using four bars to cover a large expanse. Yeah. And I believe there's actually a picture of that project on our Instagram page at Asteria Controls. Yeah, I think so you're check right. Check that out. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna look to make sure that's true here, but I think you're right. And if it's not. Check out our Instagram page. Because <laughs> this controls <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, there's a there's a couple images on there of it. Cool. Yeah, I should probably put another one on there, honestly, because we have some newer images of that project. Yeah. That was, that was uh, but that's on me. That's, that's on right. me. What else we got? We um, got uh, moving heads. Yeah, so movers are the way of the future, honestly. A lot of the times in the past, you would see movers like placed on the stage and then they would provide moving effect around the room and like kind of shooting a beam around, um, which is still, it still happens. But also, they can basically replace uh, your front spots and you can move and program them to cover your front wash and illuminate your speaker because you can snap them into place or control them with a joystick and really motorize your entire effect and get everything changeable and easily uh, moved and I don't know it's 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 pretty useful and then you also see movers put on the back walls and so you get like a, a moving wash and just a whole bunch of other backlighting options um, even backlighting specific spots of the stage where you have musicians standing and you can change that as they move with the movers. Just a lot of options with movers. And at least nowadays, there's a lot of movers that have like cool built-in like ring effects um, so that even looking at the mover itself, it it looks cool and it's also putting out special effects that are uncommon for traditional movers um we do also have some movers on our instagram page um it was at a club slash bar um in seattle called the central saloon we'll give them a shout out i guess if you guys want to if you're in the seattle area go check out the central saloon we did the lighting there um we have some movers that we've set up and they're on display in a video on the instagram page um but those movers really make a difference once you add haze so if the room's completely cleared out and you're showing them, sure, you can see the spots on the wall. You can see them moving visually just looking at the fixture. 
But as soon as you throw that haze in, you see the beautiful beams and you see the way they're like working together. And I, th I think that's really cool. Mm -hmm. And we'll get so into haze. fog and haze. Uh, oh, okay. Cool. I mean, I, I guess we can get into it now. Um, it's up to you. Now nah, we'll get into it. So haze and fog, um, two different things uh, that most people don't realize. But yes. haze, think of it as like a lighter particulate in the air. It's great, like Jordan said, for showing um, beam pattern and the illumination coming off the light. It's great for addition effects. Like if you see a picture and you see the kind of the, the beam coming out from the light and it's very obvious um, where it's shooting, they're using haze to refract the light off of the beam and show that beam pattern. Where fog, it has such a significant thickness that it can kind of like partially obscure something behind it or um, kind of block things out. And you see that kind of in like, um, well, let's, let's say, let's say someone like walks out from behind stage through a cloud. They're using fog because you can't really see what's behind it. Um, and that's just a different use. And sometimes you have fog and haze in the same um, shows, but they have two different uses. And then there's also low-lying fog. And if you ever see like a thin layer of fog above the ground and like people are moving through it and it's like swirling around, looks really cool, that's low-lying fog. And it's just another formula of fog juice that's going to the machines and providing you know, that very cool effect, um, as well as quickly dissipating fog, um, shooting out of something to like give you a smoke effect, just lots of, uh, fog and haze options. But I know that in churches, there's definitely a, uh, a fear of the fog machine and, yeah. uh, it helps to realize that there's a lot of different types of fogs and they don't always, you know, look like the same thing. They have their uses. For sure. Um, I'm actually, I actually have a question. So, you know, at the shows, they'll just do like a quick, I mean, this is at a lot of shows. They'll do a quick little like and spray out. Mm -hmm. um, is that fog or is that smoke or what is that? Or haze, I mean? Yeah, most of the times a it's a uh, machine putting out um, quickly dissipating fog to make it look like smoke. Okay. Yeah. Um, Generally, I mean, we'll call it smoke, um, but it can be better to avoid the term smoke because other people, like stage directors and such, anytime they hear smoke, they think fire, and that's never good. Um, you know, that was a, a vocabulary blunder in my part. I meant to say fog or haze. No. But, but you're right, though. Fog. It is often considered smoke in those, oh. in those, in those instances. I got gotcha. you. Okay. Um, but we're just using f a high, a quick dissipating fog liquid in the machine. Sweet. Yep. Yeah, that stuff is cool. Yeah, high volume, quick throw. Yeah. Uh, you also see that in like pyrotechnics and um, sparks, like those machines that shoot out sparks. There's a fixture, a special effect fixture that 
Omnisystem carries that we we carry um, that kind of has a parkan built into the bottom of one of those fog machines that shoots directly Ooh. up and so it makes it like it lights up the cloud that shoots out so you can have That's like cool. a red cloud shoot out or a blue yeah. cloud it's it's pretty cool so you could use that for like a quick instance of fire or something like that exactly without having to worry about fire <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> without the actual fear of danger yeah Less danger, more effect. That's what it's all about. Plus, then you can like yeah. run through it and have this look of like running through fire. Yeah, that'd be sweet. Uh, so some other options out there. Um, a lot of like front washes and spots will use uh, ellipsoidals or Lecos and uh, Fresnels. Um, Lecos have oftentimes built-in shutters, and you can adjust and kind of. Um, sculpt this hard edge line so that there's no bleed over in places you don't want it. So if you're mapping out a stage and you want light to be on specific parts of the stage, you can grab the barn door shutters, or not the barn doors, the shutters built in and um, kind of sculpt the uh, beam to your desire where Fresnels that also come with barn doors, they just are providing you a softer edge and... Um, Great for like backlighting and kind of illuminating a large area with a warm light. Um, they both can often do the same thing, but they have different uses. And when you're trying to not illuminate specific edges, um, definitely go for the Lecos. Yeah, I got nothing to add. It was brilliant. Okay. I don't know if you're waiting for me to say something. Oh, I just like to leave room for you. You know me. Oh, yes, you're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we just got you know other stuff like blinders. You want to blind the crowd, uh, put light on the crowd. Blinders work great for that. Strobes. Uh, we're uh, you don't see strobe use as often as you used to, but still a thing. Um, plus, yeah, I think people are a little too soft. Yeah, I mean, or too. They need to get blinded I mean, in the face once in a while. I don't see what the problem is. Yeah, I mean, there's like epilepsy stuff, which I completely understand that, but you can't ruin the fun for all of us. Oh, come on. <laughs> you know? some, of us some of us are trying to have a stroke. Come on. Yeah, come on. Uh, I, actually, I really like the blinders. We put some of those uh, color blinders also in that same install at the church with the uh, um, LED bars on the back wash with the white panels on the wall. Mm -hmm. We did uh, color blinders. Just going straight down onto the stage, which you can see visually from your seats. You can see that they're facing down, which looks cool, just the way we have them placed. But then it also adds light to the or color to the stage, which is also cool. Just the more color, the better. I mean, obviously you can overdo it, but I think that was a really good addition to the stage. Yeah, I'd love to see what it would look like in there with haze. Oh my goodness, that'd be so cool. And just like a couple movers. Dude, if we could get like four movers in there spaced out and some haze. Oh, man. It'd they're worshiping the Lord to the best that they can. Right now, it's just subpar. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I guess I'll just add uh, like ribbon LED, like LED strips. You can mm. put them into specific spots and like frame out things and it looks really cool. Um, it can be used yeah. well. It can also be used tacky, but it can be used well. 
for sure. We have some don't shots. Don't be getting them. Don't be getting those ribbon LEDs and off of Amazon, you know, for twenty bucks, and don't put them around your ceiling just because people on TikTok do it. Okay, so leave it to the professionals and use it for something cool. Yeah, the edge of the ceiling uh, LED. Sorry, but uh, 2008 called. They want their uh, <laughs> market crash back. Uh, not not even 2008. It's like 2020 called. It was never fun in the first place. <laughs> it was never cool. <laughs> yeah. Just because Dixie D'Amelio may have done it doesn't mean everyone else. I don't, know, I don't even know who that is, to be honest. I do. But I, I'm just going to act like I don't. I'm embarrassed now. I don't. Um, so I, I won't even know how to shame you. Okay. That's a uh, plus. So you can get away with it this time. The people watching might know, might not. Hopefully Which they is, don't. Yeah. For your just, sake. Yeah, for my sake, for sure. <laughs> They'll cancel me, for sure. Anyway, as you're saying, LED strips or ribbon LED, uh, there are really good uses of them, but there are also cheap versions that i wouldn't recommend that i've i've bought and i like threw them away a couple weeks later so yeah and when we do ribbon led led strips we're not just putting in some like tack backed strips that plug into your wall and go to or have a battery pack and go to like an ir remote we are anti ir remote it is so not the way to be controlling things. Um, I mean, if you're going to like put some bulbs in your house and use the remote, cool. But in a professional setting, no bueno. So we're yeah. using DMX decoders with built-in power supplies and running this into the console so that you can get pixel mapping effects and just full control over the strip for you know the full use and capability of the fixture. We had one customer insisting that he use remotes on every, like he wanted remotes to fill his house. Like he just wanted a remote here, remote there, remote there. And he wanted to manually point it at every single fixture. Doesn't matter what it was. I don't care if it was a mover, if it was a bar, if it was a LED strip, if it was a bulb, I don't care what this thing was. He was like, I want a remote for that. And we basically were like, listen, we're not going to give you a single remote. He already had like 10. And he every time, he was holding like a handful of like 10 of these things. And he was just pointing them, trying to figure out, nope, not that one. Went to the next one. We're like, listen, if you just had your phone, you see that thing you're holding right there? Your phone. Take that. There's this thing called an app. You click the color, boom. And you can control it however you want. You don't need 30 different remotes. Yeah, good times. Yeah. Or not good times. You know what? It's, it's up in the air at this point. <laughs> no, definitely not good times. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's pretty much fixtures. Um, and we've kind of talked about, you know, best use for each one. There's a lot of brands out there. And I feel like at this point, every time I go and talk to someone about lighting, they have just like this brand in their head that they must use for each fixture. And you know what? Honestly... Besides a few different fixtures, most of these brands, they're offering you the same thing, okay? It really, it doesn't matter once you get into a specific tier of brands. And we carry um, 
specifically we can get most things but specifically we're working on blizzard professional fixtures omni system fixtures um just because of their uh, influence in the bowling world uh but people will also you know have their elation fixture in mind their martin fixture in line their chave fixtures in mind um chave being probably one of the most prolific popular brands out there um and we have a few chave fixtures in our rental lineup but the future is here and i think blizzard's doing a great job providing fixtures that are high quality and good price and value plus they've got led walls and uh, we'll be talking about those in a later episode obviously but that's the future the future is now old man and uh we're offering it oh yeah another thing about the future is not even the future it's the present and it's led fixtures and when I go into these older places, you see these old par cans. They're like aluminum, and they've got the gel attached to the front, and they're dull, and the color is horrible, and they're hot. These older incandescent-based fixtures are just, they, they need to be removed if you're in a venue and you've got these old style fixtures and they're not led you need to get them out of there i'll tell you what you need to do with them okay so this is what you're going to do if you have these what peyton just described if you have this in your venue okay this is what you're going to do you're going to take it you're going to unplug it from everything you're going to go to the back of your venue in a safe place set it down grab a lighter and then proceed to pour a little bit of gasoline on it and then light it yeah, or use a sledgehammer and just destroy it into a million pieces and then spread the pieces in your garden and see if uh, a light grows out of it. <laughs> and then you can have unlimited LED bulbs. Here's just some examples of why LEDs are so much better, okay? So LEDs, for those who don't, do not know, LED stands for light-emitting diode, and you will save not only money on just buying the fixture but money in the long term because of the fact that old fixtures use up so much power Mm -hmm. so consider this when we talk about wattage in a light so let's say um, a 60 watt fixture for example we're not talking about lumens lumens is the brightness of the light and that's what you're actually um, experiencing when it comes to the brightness. It's not the wattage. So a 60-watt incandescent bulb, it's going to emit about 900 lumens, give or take. Where an LED that's only 8 watts, 8 versus 60, 8 watts will produce 900 lumens. So when someone comes up to me and they're like, well, you know what, we need to put this like 1,000-watt Leco in because I have a 300-watt incandescent leak that needs to be replaced, well, guess what? A 120-watt LED Leco is going to be brighter than your fixture, even though that fixture has a higher watt count. LED is just so much brighter and energy-saving when it comes to the lumen count. It's something you have to keep in mind. There's also things like color temperature, which 
when it comes to LED. You can dial in color temperature from 2500K to 7000 with a cool like bluish light versus a warm yellowish light. There's a lot of different flavors of white light and um, you cannot really dial those in with an incandescent. It can only be done with an LED. Another thing to keep in mind. Um, LEDs last way longer. I mean, you're talking 50,000 hours for an LED versus 1,200 hours for an incandescent. Um, we're talking weight. LEDs don't weigh as much. They're more so much durable. They don't heat up, and they're not as hot. Just, you know, lots of reasons. If you care about the environment, less emission out of an LED light, just, you know, there are many reasons why you should be grabbing LED fixtures, and it'll save you so much hassle and money in the long term, I can't even begin to describe. Plus, they look great. Yes. Very good. All right, you got, you got nothing on that one? Uh, that was beautiful. Okay. Everything you said there was just really good, and you took the words out of my mouth. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, no, I was speechless. I was really... I was just listening to the show. I was having a good time. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Honestly, when it comes to getting in different fixtures, um, there's lots of different options, a lot of stuff we can put in. When it comes to designing what can go into your venue, regardless of your size or your budget, um, there's definitely options that can fit every size and budget. We'll talk about that in a future episode in this series. But there's something to keep in mind that even if your budget's small, there's options out there to achieve a look that you're going for without breaking the bank and making the space look cluttered or weird. There's definitely options. And Jordan and I have installed and seen lots of options that look pretty good but don't cost a lot. Yes. Can confirm. So another... Um, Go for, no, it. go for it. Go for it. No, you, you go for say. it. You, you just settle on down and provide us with your sweet knowledge. Well, I was actually going to ask a question. Okay, no knowledge then. Yeah, so you go. What's your question? And then I'll provide the knowledge. <laughs> well, I was going to say we talked a little bit about uh, the LED strips in the house, like in, in someone's home, and mm -hmm. like... Obviously, there are ways you can use that that are cool, but don't get the super cheap ones, whatever. I was going to ask, what are some good recommended lights or lighting that someone could just put in their home? So maybe someone's watching and they're not in the industry. They're not, you know, they don't work in a church. They don't work in a big venue. They don't care about all this big lighting stuff. That's not for them. They think it's cool. They're listening to it. But maybe they're just wondering, what can I put in my house to give this place some color and some light? in a new in a nuanced way so it really depends on do you want to embrace the world of the smart home or not um there's a lot of smart bulb offerings out there from wise to philips hue and you can really get some pretty cool color works just with putting in a few of these um, smart home color changing bulbs. 
when done well, I think it's pretty classy. When done not well, it looks like a clown show. But you know what? Everyone's got a preference, and it's your house, and no one has to judge your preferences. So, Well, they can. I mean, they can. It's kind of rude. Um, But, you know, at the end of the day, it's your house. Do what you want. But if you care about it looking nice, you can put in a couple of those in specific areas. Maybe if you want to light up a wall or something like that. And then when it comes to strips... Um, framing is a good thing to keep in mind. Maybe you want to line the back side of your television so that when you turn on your strip, it kind of illuminates around the back side of your TV and kind of frames it, makes it look really classy. Or you can put some stripping up on top of your cabinetry or underneath and illuminate your countertops or kind of provide like a little uplighting effect and glow on top of your cabinetry. Or maybe out in your backyard, you've got a deck or a porch, and you can line underneath the edges of that, maybe the stairwell, and you can kind of illuminate those little areas. Uh, We did a project we've probably talked about with acrylic flooring and lining the edges of the glass floor with strips, and that kind of makes the floor glow. Uh, It's a little disco-y, but... Maybe it's an effect you're going for, and uh, it's pretty cheap and easy to accomplish, and it looks pretty cool. Looks super cool. Uh, but yeah, those are just some options. And with a lot of these in-home things, like uh, Peyton talked about, Philips Hue and Wise, a lot of it is compatible with like Google Home, Alexa, um, you know, those little devices. I don't have one personally, so I don't. I'm not too familiar, but I know that they link with that. And then my friend, actually, I, I went into his room one time, and he's like, Alexa, lights white. And the lights just came on and went white. And I was like, what in the world? And this was a while ago, okay? So I understand now, but it threw me <laughs> off then, okay? I was like, what in the world? You just talk to your light bulbs like that, you weirdo? And then he could change them to blue. He could change them to green just by saying, Alexa, hey, light's green. Boom. The room's green now. So I have a few wise bulbs in in my bonus room here where I'm where I'm filming. And... I simply just open up the app and it gives me a color wheel and I can put them exactly to where I want them. And so uh, we'll talk about this in a later episode. I've actually done live streaming on Twitch personally. Um, and Peyton actually provided me with a few lamps that I use the wise bulbs in and they spray off onto a wall or like the back of the couch that's in my background. And then I can really program this room to be a nice little color show for my background. Obviously, things aren't like changing and, you know, going in like a rainbow. It's just simple. I keep them solid. Sometimes I'll change them maybe depending on the game, depending on the circumstance. Um, but it's cool to have programmable programmable bulbs for just my bonus room to, you know, if I watch a movie, I could have, you know, a dim blue, you know, it's all sorts of fun things that you can do without it being clownish, like Peyton said. There's definitely ways to incorporate it. That is very cool and classy. Yep. And you got to remember that lighting is just another aspect of the effect. And you can create a stronger effect, a stronger mood with specific colors. Like if you're watching a movie and you're like watching like a horror movie or whatever, and you can have like a uh, dim red glow in different parts of the room you're in. It really adds to the atmosphere. Um, yeah. And just, you know, provides you diff- different options. It really elevates the experience. And if that's what you're going for, uh, that's something to keep in mind. Absolutely. 
So we'll just mention a couple little things before we close out this episode. Um, but first of all, DMX protocol, DMX 512, this is the protocol that controls pretty much most modern lighting. Um, essentially, I mean, there's a lot of science to the DMX 512 stuff, but it's a very basic protocol that you can kind of link in and out of different fixtures. So if you like, you're looking at a DMX fixture, there's an in and there's a through or an out, and you can link fixtures together and they can communicate. And each fixture has specific channels. And a DMX universe can have up to 512 channels. And you can link lights up to 512 channels on a universe and control them from a controller. I'm trying to describe this in the most basic terminology to not be confusing, but essentially think like an IP network or XLR or whatever, um, but this is just a protocol telling your lights, hey, guess what? Get brighter, change color, move around, telling them what to do per channel. And a channel in DMX is not necessarily one light. It's one aspect of the light. So red, green, blue, white, a PAR can that's RGBW, red is one channel, blue is another channel, green is another channel, white is another channel, and you can, using those four channels, sculpt out, you know, a billion colors and get really uh, customizable with it. But when you're designing uh, a network with a lot of DMX-controlled fixtures, you have to remember you get up to 512 in one universe. And if you're going into multiple universes of DMX, just to keep that in mind, it's not a bad thing. You'll just need a different controller that can work with multiple universes. And uh, yeah, that's the big programming piece. There's also uh, ArtNet which is essentially DMX 512 over uh, UDP, so Internet Protocol. And ArtNet basically is using CAD 5E or CAD 6 uh, to control lighting. And I'll kind of leave it at that to keep it not complicated. But essentially just think of this is how lights communicate and this is how lights are controlled. It's DMX. Yeah, it's the new wave. And then on top of and that, D go ahead. Uh, DMX, looking at the actual like software when you're programming, looks super confusing. Because um, I'm still I'm still new to it, but when I look at it, it looks super overwhelming, super confusing. But if you have good people around you who can teach you, it's it's actually pretty simple. I mean, like, yeah. So I'm sure there's tutorials online as well how to use the programming. Uh, how to use DMX and whatnot, but don't be overwhelmed and discouraged by the look of it and just truck through and you'll be able to figure it out. It's a good time. Yep. It's just important to keep in mind every channel has a purpose. Know what the purpose of that channel is and then make sure that the channels you're applying to each fixture do not overlap with other fixtures. So if I tell, you know, this fixture, you're going to be channels... 17 through 21. If I do 17 through 21 on another fixture, I'm going to be controlling both of those with the same um, 
Vader, and I may not want that. Essentially, they think they're the same thing. Or the controller thinks it's talking to one when it's actually talking to two. Um, so just keep in mind, you set your channels aside for each fixture, and uh, you'll have a much better time. No overlap. Cool. And then finally, house lighting. House lighting is kind of where DMX got its start, actually, uh, controlling dimmer packs, where kind of a... Um, how do I describe this without being complicated? Essentially, imagine you have regular old lights, some incandescent bulbs in the roof, and you want them to get dim or brighter, and you want to control which ones are doing this at what time, or do them all at once. Uh, dimmer packs essentially give you the option of dimming non-controllable, regular old 110 lighting. And dimmer packs still exist, and they're still used, um, but it's definitely not the way of the future when it comes to house lighting. And there's options out there like the Chroma Q Inspire series, where it's an RGBW fanless, convection-cooled, silent fixture, LED fixture, uh, either in pendant style, hanging from the ceiling, or directly mounted flush into the ceiling. And they go direct DMX to your controller, and you can control not only the brightness of the light, but also the temperature of the white light, and throw in some other colors as well. And colored house lighting... Sounds like it might be a little much and a little tacky, but I promise you it definitely has a place and it can look really nice when done well. That's kind of the thing with lighting, though. It can look bad when done wrong, and it can look great when yeah. done well in pretty much any situation. Yeah, that's crucial. Like, it may look like you may install something and it looks awful, but just be like, hmm, maybe, maybe this is just placed incorrectly. Maybe it, there's just something that needs to be adjusted. Try adjusting it before just completely disregarding. So don't like set something out. It's like, oh, that looks bad. Let's get rid of it. Maybe it's okay. We're, how can we make this, how can we fix this problem and make this look better? And I think that's where we might be separated from other integrators is we don't just like, if we're told that a, um, someone wants something done, someone wants something done a certain way, we'll do it that way. And we're like, yeah, maybe this, maybe this will work. And it doesn't. And we're like, okay, here's some other options that we think would be good. And then if they give us the green light to do it, the way we want because we are the professionals oftentimes we can find a good solution to solve that problem yep oftentimes creativity is required in these kinds of things and we have some of that and it tends to work out pretty well um at least i think so and yeah no, for our customers sure. think so and having multiple minds doing it like even the you know yeah even the customers if they throw in like hey you know they're not the professional they know that and they're like hey what if we did it this way we can be like, yeah, that's definitely an option. And having, you know, me, Peyton, Andrew, and other people on the team, it definitely helps putting all of our minds together and just being open with, ah, I don't think that's a good idea and saying, I think this might be. And then you can have so many options and then it really opens up doors for the lighting world if, if you have minds put together and you're not afraid to share what you're thinking. Yep. Yep. All good takes. Do you have anything else you want to add on the lighting stuff we've talked about before we close out today's episode? I'm good to go. I'll save some more thoughts for the other 
the other parts in this series. We got two more. Perfect. So yeah, as you said, part two coming the week after this episode drops. Uh, this episode should be dropping, and you're listening to it hopefully today on Friday, the 17th of September. Uh, the 24th will drop part two, and the first of October, October's coming, will be part three. And part two, we're going to be talking about DMX controllers, uh, lighting consoles, lighting software, wireless DMX, signal splitting, cable management, a whole bunch of other stuff. So we hope you'll stick around, stay tuned, and we will see you on the next one. Peace.